I was looking forward to a vacation today, but here we are. You were looking for a vacation. Well, I was going to take a vacation from the podcast. Oh, that's right. Uh, hello, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 23 that Podcast. Is, that is Michael and I'm Father Herb. Yes. And our group of 50 from the parish was to have left on Monday night, last night. We record this on Tuesday. Uh, for Israel. And, of course, I know when the cat's away, the mice will play. I was going to say, bon voyage, padre. And then the first thing you guys all do is you, you go out for uh, a long, extended two- or three-hour lunch. <laughs> and then you come back and call it a day. Actually, we work, we work pretty hard while you're gone most of the time. Yeah. Those are days when, when I can see people work in their offices. The security cameras yeah. are watching. But anyway, it, it, it's a, a big disappointment, of course. Uh, not uh, being in Israel with a really good group of people. It would have been a lot of fun. Well, except for this, the couple of people that were going. Oh, well, we're, we're not going to talk about those. No. <laughs> no, That's not I'm true. That's not just true. Just kidding. Just but, kidding. But I was thinking of other things today. Um, this past Saturday, I texted a, a man and a woman, I, two separate texts. Yeah. They were to be the bride and groom for Saturday's wedding. Oh, right. So yeah, I right. sent each of them a note. And they both responded individually. Uh, now they've rescheduled their wedding, like many couples have. But the very fact that, uh, you know, they had not only had the wedding date set and everything, but the invitations had been mailed out, RSVPs were in. Sure. So it was, there was just a lot of uh, changing necessary. It's encouraging they rescheduled, though. You know, it would have been sad if they said, you know, this pandemic just tested our relationship too much. We're done. <laughs> I haven't heard that from any couples. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. In fact, newly engaged couples are even coming in. So that's exciting. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Love is in the air. I had a couple. I think I introduced them to you because you knew them. But a couple stopped me Sunday after mass planning a wedding for late November 2021. Yeah. Which so is not going to be that far away. Usually I don't take wedding requests more than 18 months out. So that was just barely. And I, the reason I don't do that is because a pandemic could happen. Well, I wasn't thinking pandemic, <laughs> but but circumstances change and people do end up rescheduling quite a bit. So a lot of times I just don't go that far out. And plus, I don't usually have a calendar. Sure. Hey, speaking of rescheduling, we have something exciting happening this weekend on Sunday afternoon. Talk about rescheduling this. But that was one of the smoothest segues you've done for a long time. Thank you. OK, this Sunday. At 2 o'clock, we're having a special Mass. We're limiting the number of people, but we don't mind that people know about it and pray for the couple. It'll uh, be for a the total of two, myself and Father Herb. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a special Mass for those in RCIA this year who are joining the church. And this year, we have 10 adults. Uh, <laughs> nine of them are men, one woman. Yeah. And we also have six six teenagers mm -hmm. uh, of the teenagers two are to be baptized and the others will ha have uh, confirmation and first communion there's one additional uh, first communion a younger brother of two of the teenagers and of the adults there's also two to be baptized so all of this would have taken place two months earlier On uh, the, at uh, the Easter vigil at the Easter vigil uh, it would have been April 11th and so it got postponed of course, we're not doing the Easter vigil per se, so we're not lighting a new fire and we're not singing the exalted, but we will have baptisms, we will have confirmation, and of course, First Communion. 
It's going sure. to be very exciting. And in, in, in many ways, exciting to celebrate First Holy Communion with them on the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ is kind of cool. You just pulled another segue. Beautiful. Well, I wasn't, I'm not ready to segue there yet, but oh. that, is a good, that would have been a that good segue. That would have been a beautiful segue. <laughs> Actually, that's why I picked the date. Well, as, as we were looking ahead, trying to figure out when would be a good time to do this, I thought it's First Communion, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. Sure. Of course, this year, it is still the Feast of Body and Blood of Christ, but we have communion under, under only one form. Right. Uh, but we all, we've always said communion is the total presence of Jesus under either form. When I was a kid, I grew up, nobody drank from the cup. That was not allowed. That was in fact, I, was, I did it, obviously, in this, when I was getting ready to be ordained as a deacon and a priest, you do. Yeah. But the people in the pews only started doing it around 1979 or so. So it's much, much, much later. I remember at my first communion thinking the wine was the most awful tasting thing I've ever put in my mouth. A lot of little kids uh, really struggle with that. You have to coach them not to make a disgusting face. Exactly. (laughs) Of course, when they do it in practice, I tell them this is just wine. And I had one mother a couple of years ago because when I interview the kids, I always say, have you ever tasted wine? And of course, they all say no. But I had one who said, yeah, several times. And then the mom said, yeah, I've been giving my child just a little sip of wine here and now, here and there, so that they start getting used to the taste. Sure. For communion? Well, uh, in, an, in, anticipa- in anticipation of communion. <laughs> well, you know, we did the, it backfired at our house one time because um, I don't remember which of our girls it was, but... Can I, she wanted to smell the wine. She wanted to taste it and said, no, you can't have it. So I let her um, just dip her finger in it and then try that. I think she loved it. I was thinking, oh, she'll hate it. Oh, she thought it tasted great. And I thought, well, that backfired. <laughs> that, that <did laughs> you're, not, you're raising a teenager. That oh. did not go well. Hey, I, 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 okay, you said that this was not the segue. You still wanted to say something I else? I just had one other thing I wanted to talk about coming out next week, our summer mini retreat series that we're doing. That is extremely exciting. And uh, I'm very pleased to be part of it. And I get to kick it off next week. Yeah. So what this is uh, on six. So I'll start over for six times this summer. So every other week, just about two times a month, uh, we're going to take a topic of faith and we're going to break it open over the course of a week. And it's all going to be online. So nobody needs to leave home. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's just going to come directly to your inbox. It'll be on social media. Um, and it'll be three videos during that week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then uh, some social media posts on Tuesday and Thursday of that week as well. And uh, each week, a different member of our pastoral team will take a topic of faith and kind of break it open that week. So next week, we are kicking it off our first summer mini retreat with Father Herb, because we let you set the bar. I'm, I'm, yeah, then everybody can go higher after that. <laughs> uh, I love titles, so the... And I'm trying to do it as a retreat, not three separate um, meditations. They are meditations, but they're more, and nor are they lectures. It's something in between. Yeah. And uh, the, the overall title for next week is called Into the Fray, F-R-A-Y, Into the Fray. And if you look up the word fray, it means the, into the, the fight into the struggle, into the confusion, into uh, the challenges. And I'm basically trying to say the Christian lives in this world. So the part one, which is Monday, is called two wor- We Live in Two Worlds. Mm-hmm. Part two is 2020 si- a Vision. Mm-hmm. 
And part three is hang on to hope. Not hang on slowly, hang on to hope. <laughs> I can and, hear the Buckeyes. Yeah. So, and the, the McCoys. You remember the McCoys? No, who are the McCoys? They're the ones who originally wrote the song and, and sang it back in the 1960s. Oh, the original song. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. I know the song. The McCoys. I didn't know it was by the McCoys. Yeah, I think it was their, their one and done. <laughs> well, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, with all that said, it's very exciting. Uh, I recorded the first one yesterday. I'm going to do the second one when we're finished with this podcast. Uh, but the first one is uh, seven minutes and change. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep it between five and eight minutes. Perfect. Uh, I suspect other pe- people on the staff might go uh, a little shorter, but I'm. I'm we know you're you're a very thorough person. I'm thorough. I I have points to ponder, but I'm trying to say uh, something that, you know, I want this to help people spiritually. So it's not just like, okay, I've got nothing to do, so let me talk about how I spend my summer vacation. Sure, <laughs> sure. So again, this will begin next week, and it will have two in June, two in July, two in August. And they'll be delivered to you on Flocknote. Uh, if you're not a parishioner and you don't get our emails, uh, you can also find them on our social media channels beginning on Monday of next week. Sounds really great. Okay, Let's n- talk about Sunday. I was going to say, we've been full of segues, and now we're just going to make a right turn. We're just going to go into Sunday. Hey, Sunday. let's talk about Sunday. Okay, I said this last week. Easter ended with the Feast of Pentecost, but we had bonus time. So we had Holy Trinity this past Sunday, and we have the Body and Blood of Christ this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And let me read from the Gospel of John. It is chapter 6. Surprise, Cha- surprise. Chapter 6 is the ultimate passage. The entire chapter is about the Eucharist, the living bread. This is chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. So it's uh, well into the chapter. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Amazing. What a powerful, powerful passage. Incredible. And the, the words that just jump out, live forever, living bread, uh, my flesh for the world. It just goes on in so many different ways. My flesh for the life of the world, I should say. Um, and of course, the whole misunderstanding, how can we eat, eat his body and drink his blood? Mm. The, the church is centered on the Eucharist. It's um, The catechism would say that it's the source and summit of the faith. Yeah. Break that open. What does that mean? Oh, I, don't, I didn't write the catechism. What does that mean? Uh, it means that f- source would mean the origin, right? That it flows from. But some it would all prayer, all spirituality flows from the Eucharist. 
that's beautifully said. Did I say that? No, I did. Yeah, you echoed me. And then, <laughs> and then summit would mean uh, the ultimate experience, right? The high point. The um, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, everything leads to the Eucharist. So all of your prayer during the week, personal prayer, family prayer, uh, meditation while walking in the woods, thanking God for the gifts of ravioli or whatever you thank God for. Spider webs. Spider webs. Uh, that's another story. Okay, <laughs> whatever you thank God for. But all of those lead, lead and prepare you to celebrate the Eucharist. Yeah. I often have thought about that. If somebody comes to Mass on Sunday, no matter how good we are, the music can just uh, tug at your heart and move your soul. The homily could be one that makes angels cry. You could have, <laughs> you could have people showing the warmest, warmest hospitality and very sincerely and authentically. Yeah. You could have all that. But if you've done no prayer all week long, it's still going to fall flat. You cannot come in cold. Uh, uh, so all of that we have during the week. If, if somebody tells me you want to have good Sunday liturgy, I say, fine, there's a lot of things to work on. But the main thing is help the people be prepared when they come. In other words, pray. You pray individually and collectively. You read the scripture at home. You talk about the scripture. You listen to the podcast. Well, I was going to say, you know, that was one of the reasons this podcast was born 153 episodes ago. Uh, 153 years ago. That Wow. <laughs> I mean... You're not that old, uh, but I, I had pitched it to you as a way for us just to, in a very relaxed atmosphere, help prepare uh, as a community for mass on the weekends. And that I hope that a result of this podcast is people coming to mass feeling like they they have an inkling of what we're going to be talking about for the day, and maybe laugh a little bit, and maybe laugh a little bit, so and you, get annoyed when I get off track. Okay, so you get good. That's the. Uh, the summit, the source, I cannot, I cannot fathom, I really can't, I cannot fathom living without the Eucharist. And I don't mean just without communion. I mean the, the whole, see, we use the word Eucharist in two different ways. Eucharist is communion, literally the sacrament of Eucharist, receiving the body and blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. We also use the word Eucharist for the entire celebration of Mass. Sure. The word Mass basically is just a nickname. Um, Ite missa est, you know. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Is the old Latin phrase for the end of mass? Go, the mass is ended, or go, the the offering is sent. Mm. Misa means sent. It's kind of like that little sound effect you get when you send an email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. We could just play that at the and end. And if of I mass. if I don't hear if I don't hear that, I always think that I did something wrong. Right. I well, don't blame I don't blame the computer. I blame myself. What did I do wrong? So maybe just to play with people this weekend, you won't say the mass is ended. We'll see how long people stay. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to back to the whole idea of Eucharist. Um, it has become for me the core of my spirituality. I think I I can remember as a kid when I got became intrigued with the Sunday mass and weekday mass. I uh, I was in a, a public school, but everybody was Catholic, so. For years, we had mass at the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. and technically, everybody went to church, and then technically, the school day started after that. 
but nobody knew that. So, you know, really it was it they was snuck it in there. Yeah. And but nobody objected either. It was we were totally comfortable with that. Yeah. Except when I by the time I was in junior high, which was the late fifties, uh, by then they separated those. But I can remember quite often going to the six thirty mass before I went to school. And by choice. And then even during the summer, riding my bicycle into town to go to mass. And I a lot of times I was a server as well. Uh the the mass became uh, Somehow, even if I couldn't describe what was going on, it just became a very significant part of my life. Hmm. And now as a priest, um, I love the Sunday celebration with the full community, but I also love the smaller celebrations during the week. It's sort of a, the rhythm of the whole thing. And if you think of, a, uh, the, I'm thinking of the 1960s uh, bands, uh, like the Beatles and stuff. The McCoys? You, no, yeah, the McCoys. But you, you always had you always had the lead guitar, and maybe you had the bass. Yeah. But you also had the rhythm, the rhythm guitar. Sure. And I think of the weekday, weekday mass is sort of the rhythm, and then the Sunday is when you, you just get the shred shred a lead line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a musician would say it that so well. Uh, however, um, that is very very important to me, but I would never go to church, and just say, oh, I've never even looked at the reading. You, you walk in and say, whoa, what, what am I talking about? Sure. Uh, I, can, I can say um, in many ways similar things about my childhood. I always had an infatuation with going to church. Um, well, you played priest, you said. I played church as a kid. I built, have we talked about this on the podcast? I don't remember. I built my own tabernacle out of wood, and we had. Um, and did you paint it gold? No, it was like white. But I put a um, a Cairo on the outside of it with Sharpie. And then I... Um, See, in my day, we didn't have Sharpies. <laughs> but we, I set up a little church in my basement, and I was I would be the priest and the musician because I couldn't decide. And, but, and then in a very real way, there were mentors in my life. Starting in fifth grade, my music teacher at my our Catholic school had me start playing at school masses. Uh, by the time I was in junior high, I would go over to our parish and just practice and play on the, the weekday masses, Saturday morning masses and things like that. So I always had a very close connection and love, um, not only of the church and the mass, but also of the people that kind of took me under their wing. And, and there, there's something that happens with professionals for like a, a musician or other people who work for the church you have to be very careful that it not just become a job. Sure. Because you you don't want to lose that that excitement, that enthusiasm that brought you there in the first place. You mean when you have seven masses in one weekend? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, that happens. And it, it honestly, it is hard. It's it's and, easy just to take it for granted. And, and you have to approach each one like it's the one and only. Right. Yeah, that's and, 100% and correct. That's what I was saying the other day. Uh, I was talking about uh, weekday mass and Sunday mass just a couple of minutes ago. What I've noticed is with the celebrations of our Sunday Masses now for two weekends and weekday Masses for a couple of weeks, what I've noticed is, of course, it's not the way it was. And mm -hmm. no, we're not singing out loud. And uh, it's hard for people to feel the same sense of community. Nonetheless, nonetheless, I have felt the warmth of the, the gathering. Mm -hmm. And I, I think of St. Paul's phrase, he referred to the church as the body of Christ. And he, he knew explicitly what he was talking about. So 
when I say the body of Christ, I, when I give somebody communion, the body of Christ, yes, I'm giving them the Eucharist, but we become what we receive, and not just individually, but collectively. We become the body of Christ. So it's not just an earthly invention like, oh, let's all get together and sing Kumbaya around the campfire. It's With our masks on? With our masks on. Uh, it's something way beyond that. Yeah, we are formed by the Eucharist, and we become the body of Christ. So on one hand, I've been very impressed that I can still experience the body of Christ, even if it's not the way we've experienced it for the last 15 years at this parish. Sure. At the same, at the, on the other hand, I, I also know that uh, it doesn't grow out of just people of goodwill. It grows from the power of the, the Eucharist itself. As I was looking at this reading in preparation for today's podcast— you know, I couldn't help but think of the many people that said to me over the course of the church being closed, I'm hungering to receive the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else right now, I think it's such a testament that people are able to come back to receive the Eucharist. But but I'm going to add to that. I, I've heard that too, and I, I believe it's true. People want the Eucharist. People are also hungering for being the Eucharist. They're hungering to be in the community. Sure. And that was that was the thing we were unable to do as as good as uh, our um, our uh, streaming is, and it is good quality. People feel connected. Yes, people are part of the whole thing. They see what's going on, but it's hard to to know that you are the community. Sure. So it's both and. It's not just receiving communion. All right, so this weekend, the body and blood of Christ, come, receive, and be Eucharist. Be the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks so much. We will see you next week because Father is still not in Israel, so I guess we'll do another episode. <laughs> Take right. care. Bye-bye.